I think I do that kind of impulsively because it's a strategy that keeps me interested in the work and it's a way that I think it keeps the work open-ended. I don't really like work that, you know, has answers or solutions or anything like that. I like work that just kind of keeps asking. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 100th episode, we have artist Bill Conger coming back on the podcast to talk about his recent series of works that will be featured in a show opening this Friday, February 28th at 65 Grand in Chicago. The show is called The Sadded Peel, and we discuss some of those works in depth and a recent exhibition called coming dark so please stay tuned for this lovely interview about his work if you're just finding out about studio break we're a podcast and blog site that features a variety of different artists that come on they discuss their work very candidly so you can really gain their perspective their insight about it and again all of the episodes are featured in itunes and also on the studio break podcast you can use the handy player right there Again, each of the posts have images of the artist's work, links to their websites for more information. So please, please take the time to check them all out. And of course, if you like the podcast or an episode, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, whatever you currently like to enjoy in social media. So please do us that little favor. All right, Bill Conger's coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to be joined this morning by a wonderful artist, Bill Conger. How are you doing? Good morning, Dave. I'm doing. I'm doing well. It was. It was great hearing you uh, run around the house looking for earbuds, and and I appreciate you taking the time. We're here to talk to you about some upcoming work in a show that you have coming up at 65 Grand, as well as a big show at Murray State. And of course, you've been on the podcast before, so I feel like a member of the family. <laughs> we have a bit of history. So you have a, a show coming up at 65 Grand. It's called The Sadded Peel. That's correct. <laughs> and this is all the current work from the Bells series. So could you could you talk a little bit about maybe why why the choice for the name or, or what what you're what you're after, Bill Conger? Well, the the series, the works had been going for a number of months and I really had no particular um calling in terms of what the titles should be for them. I knew that they shouldn't be individualized because there were going to be too many of them. They were happening way too quick. And, and I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like they needed that, um, kind of individuality. I like the, the fact that they were kind of nestled within a, a series, a group. So I've kind of told the story, uh, via Facebook. So if anybody's heard this, sorry, but, um, I had a couple shows in October, um, Minneapolis, um, area and, uh, in Baltimore. And I was very excited for both those shows because they're both kind of symbolic homes of very, uh, important poets 
um, to me and my work. John Berryman, who lived and worked in Minneapolis, uh, taught at the university, and uh, Edgar Allan Poe, who uh, was found um, nearly dead in the streets of Baltimore. So I was really excited about kind of, I like to kind of do Easter egg hunts, you know, and, and pilgrimages. So I wanted to kind of seek out a couple places. And so as I was thinking about the work and thinking about the poets and thinking about these shows driving up to Minneapolis, um, it, it became a kind of, uh, illuminated to me that bells had been kind of an important part of both of their, poetry and writings and you can look that up for yourself how how that happens but um so i kind of was thinking that might be a nice title for the works and then uh upon my visit um in minneapolis it was very strange it was a very surreal experience in which i just became so aware of every bell around me and and it seemed like bells and the word bell kind of kept appearing over and over so I've, I took that as a sign. I don't usually do that. It sounds really kind of UPG <laughs> and I'm not like that, but it was wonderful. It was just a, a you know, kind of a great experience. And for me, it, it uh, kind of broke that block that I was having in terms of how to present these pieces. So, um, so that's kind of the story. And, and so the, the works, I should say again, at uh, 65 grand will not be all of those works. They'll just be a small a recent selection of that series. The first thing that I thought of too, especially because we've talked about it a lot, was this idea of the moment. You know, you you've brought this up on a number of occasions. How has that been involved in in these new works that you've been making? Again, we were talking about this as a collage, as a painting. How does that idea of the moment relate to this work? Is that something that's a part of it? Yeah, it's a good question. I I think that. Um... You know, the way I work is really organic, and I try not to ignore impulses that I get in in the studio. And and some of the thinking regarding, or maybe I shouldn't say thinking, maybe I should say uh, the the resolution in terms of discussion happens after the fact, um, as I think it should. So uh, regarding your question, I think that the, the moment is different in in those sculptural works because they're present they're 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 objects things that we kind of interact with and live with and have some kind of history with in a common way and so i think the 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 moment that i'm looking for with these painting based collages i guess that's the best way i can think to describe them is that the moment is a constructed one that uh, seeks to be psychological. It seeks to kind of be um, a place where the viewer can can enjoy a psychological experiment or experience with with these two dimensional panels that are kind of creating a space that I think is fairly fairly new to some degree in terms of uh, recognizability. And do you work through them a lot differently in terms of the way that you might approach it? I I don't know. It just makes me wonder because I think especially when artists start a new process or or kind of work through something new and, and, you know, we've already kind of talked about how it's hard to kind of pin them down. You know, what what is uh, especially different about that in terms of uh, Mm -hmm. from a creative perspective? I mean, is it something where... 
I don't know, has, has that process changed for you at all with the way that you, you approach these? Yes. The process, first of all, is completely different. I, with, with the sculptural pieces, sometimes would labor uh, days and weeks over kind of what I should be saying and then let what I should be saying kind of push into how I should say it. With, with the panels, with these pieces, uh, I don't really do a lot of pre... I mean, they're, they're very organic. Like I said, they're more about painting and drawing. So there's this kind of moment where you just begin and, and they seem to be kind of endless. So I really enjoyed that, that part of it. They're not quick. I don't usually walk out of the studio with a finished product like I would you know, with, with these other works that we're, we're referencing, they were very quick and I enjoyed that immediacy. Uh, these are much more intimate, much more laborious, obsessive, and uh, a little maddening, quite frankly, to, to achieve. And, uh, so I think just the, the move from the immediacy has been a good one for me. It's been, um, a point where I can make work in an introspective way instead of considering kind of everybody else in terms of how a work is going to push into their lives. I'm trying to construct something that people want to engage uh, without the work kind of pushing its way into them. If that makes any sense at all. Well, no, no. And Maybe somebody listening to this will understand it. I understand. <laughs> I'm just kidding there, but um, but it makes me wonder then too. I mean, is it is it something too in terms of the way that you process these? Do they wind up feeding each other a little bit differently than you know the way some of your more sculptural works would would do because they were so visually different? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a building process like painting and drawing is. It's. Uh, um, achieving something and then using, you know, what, you, what you've learned and what you have learned that you don't want to do in the, in the next one. Um, they're, they're based mainly on kind of, um, markation and color and, um, a, a sensitivity to a kind of atmosphere really. And so that changes, although the, the structure, the format, the, the process is the same. Um, you know, you find yourself honing things down. I've been doing these for about eight, nine months, I think eight months. And they've changed, you know, radically in eight months time, which is, which is very enjoyable to watch happen. I think especially the the material is something that becomes really interesting to me because I think about some of the other works that you've done in the past and certainly some of the exhibitions that I've seen where you're, you know, incorporating like Moon Rock or, you know, Steve Madden shoeboxes or Kurt Cobain sunglasses, things that sure. kind of, you know, you, you relate to on a, on a material level or like a cultural level. Um, where, where are these images sourced from? I mean, again, they, they look like magazine kind of uh, spreads that are you know, reorganized, but, but is that process anything uh, worth noting? I mean, where do you, do you go to gas stations and collect a lot of hot rod magazines? That's a really good question. They, they began um, actually from uh, the wall street journal magazine. Um, it, something about the photography in that magazine was, um, it had a particular allure um, 
and I started kind of paying attention to the way that's different than say home and garden or something. And, and there was something about that particular type of fashion photography that was really, I would say fashion and lifestyle or something, you know, this very kind of upscale uh, view of the world that was actually really sad. Um, the, the photographs are kind of romanticized and I guess, uh, filters and that, that kind of create this kind of, I don't know, I, I, I strive for a word other than melancholy, but that's the one I keep coming up with. And so I was kind of connecting to the imagery in that way, which, which would probably illuminate how they began to begin with. Um, but the, the source material has expanded somewhat. I use pretty much any fashion photography or generalized lifestyle magazine that I can find. I'm not too very picky anymore. Um, but, but that, that kind of color sense from that source material is, is what I kind of keep striving for. Well, it's interesting for me to, to think about like the, the way that it's important to choose like what your, your references and, and certainly, you know, we've talked a lot about experience and so I think that that makes a lot of sense, you know, especially the way that I would imagine these photographs when you kind of, you know, come to them when they're intact, mm -hmm. that they're very formal, you know, that they're very like gorgeous looking as opposed to something that might be super commercial. For sure. But but is that, is that something that I don't know, what is that relationship like then, you know, because normally I guess you're you're kind of more in this position to, you know, take something that already exists Mm -hmm. You know, that's an object and kind of putting it into this new context. And you're, you're still doing that, but it's kind of done in a, a different way. I don't, I don't know. Does is, is, is it feel different to you? Well, the, the evolution of that um, kind of happened the way you, generally you're describing. I, I kind of began taking really beautiful pages from, from magazines and uh, using those as finished kind of, you know, prop-like sculptural pieces and as time went on as i was kind of studying them and looking at them and thinking about them it it was almost an impossible uh thing to resist uh the manipulation of them so eventually a tear would happen or a, i would start kind of crumpling them um i would start kind of making creases that would make linear components on them and then it just kind of took off so once I allowed myself to put my hand on those things, it was kind of like, well, why, why would you stop? Um, where is the point that, um, that, that your gesture, your hand is, you know, wh when does it become saturated? So I think the works that we're seeing now that I'm seeing now happen in the studio are kind of bounce back from that. So I'm actually pushing that idea to the, the farthest degree that I can, where every kind of square centimeter of the panel has been, you know, considered by me and manipulated by imagery that I've applied. So, um, it, it, like I said, it's been a very natural kind of process to, to do this, but I understand that in re when compared this kind of approach to the other work that it, it does kind of create a paradox. Well, it's interesting because it's off, you know, and I, I don't know, are, are all of the images kind of made through, you know, like hand tearing and, 
you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. There, it seems like there's a level of chance, too. I noticed, like, some of the images seem like they're slightly askew. <laughs> and, again, as you're thinking about collage, I mean, you know, we just I just talked to Scott Dixon, who is making these extremely tight. He wants them to kind of have these very flat, smooth surfaces. And, again, there's a, a kind of like a tactile quality when you have all those rips and right. that kind of, you know, slightly off kind of feeling to it. Is, is that something that is like a way to keep... I guess your hand in it the way that it might have been before, or is that just an aesthetic decision? I think I, mean, I hear a couple of questions in there. Let me just kind of first say that the that kind of process is um, definitely both. There are parts where they're very fluid and things kind of merge with each other. Like if you just kind of keep this process where I'm cutting and tearing, which I am doing, um, and then in an additive way keep you know layering you're you know eventually space gets formed and things kind of happen and and relationships color relationships linear relationships start to kind of take place and unfold and so those are parts of the pieces that i really respond to and love however the closer you get to these because they are very small we haven't discussed their scale they're actually you know kind of magazine sized but nine by 11 inches. So they're about the size of your, of your head or your viewing range, uh, as if you were reading. And so they really invite a, a kind of internal read. So you really want to get close to them. And at that point, that's when that offishness that I think you're referring to starts to kind of take over where the tears and the rips and the imperfections and the, the kind of uh, impulsive nature of their making really look um, different than they do five feet away. So, so they actually encapsulate both. They have this kind of clean, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, polish. But it, when you get close to them, they really fall apart in terms of physicality. You know, you see the rips and all the the kind of uh, parts about them that haven't been kind of cleaned up. No, I think that makes sense, and I think it's interesting to think about, I guess, the, yeah, again, the way that relates to maybe previous bodies of work, because you kind of, I don't know, there's there's still a level of kind of seeing something as being kind of set up in this perfect way, and then the viewer is still right kind of left to, to struggle with it or to make sense of it or to, you know, do something with that, which is, you know, still very interesting the way that that carries over. Yeah, I think I, think I do that kind of... Oh, so, uh, impulsively because it's a strategy that keeps me interested in the work and it's a way that I think it keeps the work open-ended and I don't, I don't really like work that you know has answers or solutions or anything like that I like work that just kind of keeps asking all right well again we'll we'll talk about specifically some of the some of the the pieces for the upcoming show at 65 grand later but before before I let you get out of here again, this is going to be a short one. But um, could you talk to us a little bit about um, coming dark, which was your, I guess, a, kind of like a, a ten year retrospective? Um, it was at Murray State. Mm-hmm. What what was that experience like? Again, it sounds like a really massive gallery space. Is that the largest <laughs> space that you've shown in, or it, it it certainly was. It was a wonderful experience, and I should I'm only correcting you a little bit. It it. Uh, was not a retrospective, but I would probably say um, a better way of putting it was a selected survey. You know, it, sure, it, it's um, 
it only had about f between 35 and 40 works, I believe. Um, and the, the space was just, a, you know, very gorgeous university space. I think right around 5,000 square feet, which is certainly way bigger than anything that I've ever shown in. And as you know, a lot of the works are very slight in, in physical um, size. So it was a little daunting at first, but actually uh, we, we did realize quickly that um, though those pieces are, are small in size, their scale is fairly large. So they really require a lot of room, which uh, the space was, uh, was definitely giving. And so, um, yeah, for about a 10 year span from 2004, which is around the time I kind of started with the objects. And prior to that, I was primarily painting. So, um, it's kind of interesting that that 10 year span, um, begins with, you know, a departure from the two dimensional approach and kind of winds up back at that place. So it, it was definitely, um, illuminating for me to to do that show was there, what was like the most surprising thing to see because you know I, I think one of the things that artists always have to kind of kind of combat is that all, all their stuff winds up getting stored mm -hmm. you know in, in a closet tucked away here and there um, you never get to see it in that environment so I mean was there right. anything that kind of really stuck out to you that surprised you about any of the older work yes the 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 big surprise and also the big fear in putting the show together was that, you know, in 10 years you do a lot of stuff and, um, you know, the, the meandering that, that seems to happen with my work in and out of sculpture, in and out of painting or in and out of various materials or approaches, you know, there are, there's everything from the found object pieces to, you know, the word texts that, um, that were, uh, from a couple publications of kind of poetical pieces that I was doing that only incorporate words. Um, and then there were trompe l'oeil kind of sculptural pieces that I did for a while that were based on memory. So there's a lot of kind of directions that have been foraged. And so you, you, you worry a little bit about how the, um, overall syntax of your work is going to be seen. And, and so the big surprise for me was that it really um, solidified and, and became something that was not disjointed, which uh, is hard to um, see sometimes when you're so close to the work. So uh, for me, that was uh, definitely uh, one of the big fruits of the effort. I don't know that you have a plan. You know, you kind of talked about this, like you kind of want to let things happen. So I, to ask if you have like a plan or how something like might impact some future work might be difficult, but um, it's interesting to think about that, you know, cause again, artists often kind of talk about, you know, cyclical, you know, natures in, in their work <laughs> or they've been, right. you know, I talked to a painter that was making hard edge abstraction and balancing that out with still life painting so it's interesting to think about how especially that cyclical aspect works. Well, the one thing that I think that it that it uh, proves, uh, I don't know for anybody else, but for me, is that, um, you know, the, the, the kind of following your impulse idea as an artist um, sometimes flies in the face of, um, you know, career-based motivations in terms of how people see your work or what you're known for or 
you know, when they think of you, what do they think of and all this kind of, um, for me, uh, you know, I think those things are, are way over played and, and just the business of getting down and making something that, um, connects with people is sometimes lost in, in the overall, you know, machinery of the art world and being involved in it. No, I think that's, a, I think that's an interesting point. And especially it's, it's funny. I recently saw a, uh, Gerhard Richter documentary that's on Netflix mm-hmm. and it's really funny because there's all these like little, little points where he's just, you know, like at an opening and it'd be kind of like, I'd rather be in the studio right now, you know, kind of always complaining right. about not being able to get back to just, you know, being in that, in that environment. So it's interesting to think about. Let's talk a little bit about the show at 65 grand that's coming up. I mean, these are all the, the collage works that you have without giving it all away, without, you know, making us unwanted for it. Um, how many pieces can we expect? And, and are they all kind of that intimate scale? They are all that intimate scale. I feel like the exhibition should be, um, because the works are so, um, additive in nature. My impulse is to make sure that we don't overdo things. So, uh, we'll be looking at, you know, probably five, six, seven works somewhere in there, I think, uh, within the, the show, I think that, you know, that would be a nice number, give people enough direction within the work to kind of examine some of the better aspects of, of, um, the newest, the newest stuff. And so the, to this point, this series has about 40 works or something, you know, in, in the series of collage based paintings or however we're referring to them. And so the, the ones that we'll be showing will certainly be the newest. And in my opinion, the best of them. Awesome. And I imagine you're going to come in and attend the opening, shake every hand. And uh... of course, of course, I'm so excited do it with a smile so you got yeah it'll it'll be really great to see the work and and again obviously i i personally got to see a a preview of these works when i was riding the train uh last i think july or june and so that's the first time i saw these so it'll it'll be it'll be especially nice to be able to to see them in person i hope you enjoy them thanks again so much for taking the time and you know look forward to seeing in a couple weeks as always dave thank you very much Special thanks to Bill Conger once again for taking the time and also for being our 100th guest on Studio Break. You can check out this show, The Sadded Peel, that opens this Friday, February 28th at 65 Grand in Chicago. You don't want to miss it. You can check out my work at davidlinaway.com, and I'm very excited to say that I have a two-person show opening up at Rehoboth Art League in Rehoboth Beach with John Reddington. The show is entitled So Ill Perspective, Reimagined Landscapes, and it features a bunch of new work, about 20 paintings in the Cochrane Gallery. We're going to be doing some special podcasts for it, so please stay tuned for that and check it out if you can. If you enjoyed the new music, that is artist Skylar Mail, who is multi-talented, multifaceted, and is helping us to change the face of Studio Break. That's right. We've got all new music by Skylar. We're going to slowly re-edit all the podcasts and fix all the numbers so that it's really straightforward, as well as the website. So please be patient during this process. 
Just a reminder that Studio Break has a ton of different interviews. Please check them out. You can do that easily on studiobreak.com. See all the images, follow links to the websites to get more information that way. You can also link up with the iTunes store and subscribe to Studio Break. It's a great way to keep updated with new artists and, and see what we've got each week. Again, if you leave us some comments there, it's greatly appreciated as it just helps with visibility and others that like listening to podcasts and they find them on iTunes and your great reviews help. You can also help us out by using all of our share buttons. So if you're on Facebook or Twitter, it's a great way to share a cool interview. And, of course, like us on Facebook. Again, you'll see we just provide some updates from new shows, announce new guests, competitions, things like that. You can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break. You can follow me at David Linaway. We do have a Tumblr page. That's studio-break.tumblr. So please follow us there as well. As I wrap up this sentimental 100th episode, I just want to thank all of the great artists that have taken the time to appear on Studio Break. There's been 100 so far, so we look forward to 100 more. I also want to thank all the people that have supported and listened to the podcast, checked it out, and shared it. I've met a ton of great people, and I look forward to meeting a whole lot more. So thank you very much for listening and checking it out. Coming up for 101, we have Barry Blenderman from Illinois State University Galleries. He talks to us about becoming a director, curator, and his time living in New York and all sorts of great experiences. It's going to be a fantastic interview, so we hope that you check it out. All right, that's our show this week. We'll talk to you real soon.